Welcome to the Freedom Fantasy League podcast with your hosts, Rob Johnson and Adam Almeter. Welcome in to week seven of the Freedom Fantasy League podcast. I am your co-host, Rob, along with my other co-host here, Adam. What oh, is cracking? That was delightful. And I didn't hear, we're now recording. So you might want to check to see if we're recording. Oh, we are recording. Don't you worry. Uh, I usually hear resume recording. What's new? <laughs> What's new? I don't know. Did you kiss the bachelorette last night? I did. It just made me think of uh, Team Freedom Dodgeball, which was a great trip down memory lane. Also, it seemed like a lot of those people had never played a game of dodgeball in their life. I don't know if you noticed this, because despite what you say, you did watch this. Uh, you actually tipped me off to the fact that they were playing dodgeball. But dear God, that one team just got annihilated. And it looked like they'd never seen anything thrown their way ever. What was the giveaway that they didn't know how to play dodgeball? The fact that they sucked or the fact that they took the clothes off after every time they lost, which is definitely not a rule of dodgeball. Well, I don't think Naperville Central would have gotten away with that one had they implemented that rule, but it was part of the Bachelorette. So it was, it was really more the fact that these people looked about as uncoordinated as a praying mantis juggling. So it just, I just didn't, didn't like it. I was just like, man, high school team freedom could have just crushed these clowns. Do you remember the day we played the faculty where we ripped off a piece of a student government, like approved <laughs> flyer, taped it to ours and then photocopied our ad with just like totally going against whatever student government bylaws Naperville Central had, but basically putting false uh, approvals on everything that we were putting out to get people to come watch us play the faculty. I didn't remember that. The amount of craftiness that we were working with back then is just, it's honestly astounding that didn't end up with like mass suspensions or just, you know, massive amounts of issues. There were definitely things that we could have Landed, landed us some, landed us some less than desirable moments. But oh, man, sure. we dodged those bullets. We almost won that game too. We did. I don't know if we ever. Was it just one game? I feel like didn't we play two out of three, or maybe it was just one game. I can't really remember. I don't. I don't think we beat them. There were times where we had players thrown out, like when Spencer called one of the teachers like a douchebag or something, and then he <laughs> the teacher threw him out of the game. Oh, that's great. Naturally, dude. All I remember is Jeff Danbaum absolutely slaying on the court yep oh yeah he was a monster Man, what the hell all right as much as i love rehashing that far into the past before we get too far into this we just we need to we need to talk about this adam because i know That's, you don't want, oh, to. Oh, I want to and and you know you know enough times passed so I, i'm not going to read the letter that i wrote Thank but you. It, <laughs> All I have to say is I'm going to spend exactly two minutes on this. I'm trying to even figure out, like, like it's kind of like a breakup where, like, right away you're just, like, angry and pissed at, like, what the hell, you know, I can't believe this happened. And then afterward it's just kind of like, God, this is just miserable. And that's the stage I'm in right now. So all I have to say is Rob calls me up and says, you know what, we have a, we have a, we have a three-way trade in the making between whoa, me and whoa, Bobby. Whoa, 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 Okay. You can't just hop in here with that. There was stuff going on before the scenes. Here, here's how we're gonna do this. I wrote down in a very factual way what happened. You can add in your color commentary here. I just feel like this is gonna skip over way too many important details. The fact that you're jumping in right there. 
here's here's how this all went down. On Wednesday of last week, Adam, Bobby, and I were working through some loose three-way negotiation trades. I was targeting Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Adam was targeting Madison. And we we're trying to get an agreement with Bobby on what he wanted in return for all that. We had some texts going back and forth. We got onto the podcast with Phil. At one point, Bobby was literally in the waiting room of our Zoom call to get on and kind of like talk with us about what we were going to figure out. Kind of seemed like it was it was dying out. It gets to the end of the podcast, end of the night. We call try calling Bobby again. Adam and I are kind of in agreement for what we feel would be a fair send over to Bobby. You know, basically from there, this is this is what happens because part of this deal hinges on Adam picking up Andy Dalton with his first overall waiver pick. And the rest of it was kind of, we were getting close. You were still giving up a little much for your liking initially, but Andy Dalton was pretty much in the bag at that point. And then I had figured out what I wanted to give over. We get to this point of the negotiation where I agree to the terms, Bobby agrees to the terms, nothing from Adam. Adam fell asleep two minutes after he sent his last text, basically counter-proposing something. Because I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting turned here. I'll, I'll, I'll just let you finish. No, yeah, no, okay. hold on. You know, you know, you know, the last text that you sent me at 11:30 at night was was a trade that was clearly not going to go through. And then my last text was, "All right, we'll continue discussing this." And I have these players listed out, which is clearly not going to be settled in the next five minutes. Which, so I'm like, you know, I'm going to bed. I'm plugging it in. We're done here. And we were not because literally two minutes after that, I had sent something and then Bobby and I both agreed to it and Adam was asleep. So what does any rational person do at, what was that? Probably, it was probably 1130 your time that you went to sleep. You know, so naturally I'm like, Adam, Adam, just texting over and over. I called him probably six times. And like any rational person trying to figure out how to orchestrate a three-way trade with one partner asleep, I texted Eva and nothing for about 20 minutes. And then Eva pops up on my phone as I'm doing dishes. And she's just like, oh, I'll go ahead and wake him up. And Eva is my hero for doing that. It made all of this so worth it. She's not my hero. You you got on and were groggy as shit and had no idea what was going on. Yeah, because it was midnight and I was asleep. So I get Adam on the phone. We're starting to work through this other counter deal that I had sent over. We finally get Bobby on the phone. And this is like... 11.30 11.30 Bobby's time, 12.30 my time, 1.30 Adam's time. So this is just like in the middle of the night now, you know, during the weekday nonetheless. And we get to a point where we have a very rational agreement other than the fact that Andy Dalton is the sticking point because Adam doesn't want to pick him up with the top waiver. And by me saying that I would pick him up with the fourth overall, Bobby's like, well, I don't want to trade Madison uh, to Adam for just Mike Davis. Like if I can get because... all four of those players for you. And the major sticking point here that we, that we have to stick to is, and you didn't mention this and you didn't clarify this, you said that you would pick up Andy Dalton in our phone conversation. And I was like, well, this is a no brainer because then that's actually a fair trade because I feel like I'm giving up way too much in like an actual running back for a backup running back. But nevertheless, continue. So you had yeah. said, all right, but you had said that you'd pick up Andy Dalton. You know, this, this seems fair. You, and, and you're picking up Andy Dalton for Bobby. Keep going. Right. So just as, as a aside for everybody at this point, the deal on the table was Justin Herbert, Chase Edmonds, Justin Jackson from me for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And then Adam would send Mike Davis and at the time, Andy Dalton to Bobby for Alexander Madison. Eventually we gave up. Adam clearly didn't pick up Dalton. He 
he used his waiver on Chase Claypool, which fair enough, Claypool has been he's been pretty good, so don't really fault you there. Very good. Great starting play. So the next morning, Phil obviously sniped up Andy Dalton. I did not. So I go back to Bobby and I'm just like, hey, here's the deal. Like Adam didn't, you know, do what he said he was gonna do, but do we still want to do these three players? We have a gentleman's agreement on the table because Bobby wants to keep Clyde Edwards Hilaire for the week because Herbert and Jackson both had buys. So I'm like, okay, whatever, let's do it. Fast forward to 4 p.m. that day, and the Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bell. And I immediately get on my phone, and I'm just like, hey, so I would like to renegotiate <laughs> the terms because uh, I don't want to give all that up for a split back. Gentleman's agreement, which basically is the same as saying we're doing this, but we're not doing this. Look, if he wanted it done, and we got the trade done, and they were on our teams – then that's one thing. But the gentleman's agreement to that point, I have a feeling that probably everybody else in the league would have done that. And I am going to go ahead and say, Bobby being a open as he is to that, he was just like, yeah, okay, let's, let's renegotiate. Like, who do you want? So it was not like me just kind of backing out and him complaining about it. We, we decided to redo it. So kudos to Bobby for being a fair and rational trade partner in that regard. So we started working stuff out for like Calvin Ridley and then it kind of all just falls apart. It was like, let's just wait till next week and, and figure this out. And so that's why when you saw Justin Jackson go through everybody to Bobby's team, it was kind of clearing a spot and then the other couple players to be named. That's what it was. Trade at this point is dead. There's, there's nothing worked out from last week. So it's just all kind of off there. So just wanted to give a little bit of backstory, and uh, this is relevant, too, because our uh, message from our sponsor may also have something to say about uh, this entire situation. So just, just Look, giving you the backstory. And all, I have to say, and all I have to say is the day after a trade that doesn't go through, at, at what, you know, what, what do we finish talks at 1.30, Bob, Bobby decides that for some reason the trade that we agreed to wasn't the trade that we actually wanted at 1.30 in the morning. I end up going to bed when I should have gone to bed at 11.30. I end up finishing up the evening at a solid 3 a.m. And then the next day after is an absolute disaster of emotions and sadness, knowing that, you know, you know and, and, and more importantly, you drop the first kudos. I'm, I'm revoking that kudos to whoever you gave it to. The first kudos of the, of the week should have gone to Phil for picking up Andy Dalton, Andy, Andy Dalton and thwarting this entire you know, backwards scheme that, that we tried to come up with. Um, I, all, all, all right. You know, you know, you know, a top five running back and Mike Davis was on the, on the table for a top five running back that week. And, and let's, let's just remember Madison got three points this week, but he was supposed to be a top five running back for the week. That sounds like a fair trade two top five running backs. And then on top of it, I'm getting robbed to, to throw in Andy Dalton, who's going to be a great quarterback for the year. Um, and for some reason, this was not enough. I just, I did, this is, this is mind boggling. And, you know, I get the principle of, of, you know, you know, you know, you want a little bit more from it, but you were getting more from it. It was just from a different person, but it was the same extra more. I knew this was going to get you worked up. I'm, I'm just glad that we rehashed this. I'm, I'm backing out. I'm, I'm backing out. I, I don't need to, I don't, I don't need this. I don't need to open up that one. I don't, I don't, I don't, it, 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 you know, it, honestly, honestly, the justification and the real situation is is if I traded away Mike Davis for Madison, I would have had one week of three points and then a bye week and then Dalvin Cook's back. And the reality of the situation is I'm getting way more points from Mike Davis. So in reality, it's kind of like the opposite of a bad breakup. It's like a good stay together 
and you know all parties are happy. You know, Clyde Edwards Alaire got plenty of points for Bobby. I don't know what happens after Le'Veon Bell, you know, starts showing up there, but you know that's that's out of our hands. And you, uh, uh, you know, almost brokered a good deal, so you have that to to lock yourself with. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. I mean, it all kind of fell apart anyway this week too. I think it worked out in everybody's best interest because I would rather have Herbert at this point than trying to figure something out. And Bobby was the same way. He, you know, when we were texting, we were trying to figure out if there's anything still on the table. He was like, you know what? I'm not really that interested in the trade anymore. So I was like, all right, fine with me. I'm happy. I have lots of bench depth now. So that was, yeah, that was, that was last Wednesday and Thursday. It was, it was a disaster. And I can't say that I think before I've ever stayed up that late trying to broker a three-way deal uh, in summation, three-way deals are a bad decision and probably won't work out for everybody. So. And also Bobby went from two starting quarterbacks to zero in less than 24 hours. (laughs) Which is just like on on paper, and I'm 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 thinking about this right now. I would be I would be I would be pooping myself. I mean, I would be so nervous about what what comes next. He is he is one in five, and I do want to talk about that matchup because that was epic uh, against Phil. But yeah, uh, it's two a time though, so he's at least got something. I mean, he's he's he, he'll be something. All right, let's let's move oh, on. I'm here. so excited! Two a time, two a time. Here we go. All yeah. right, the week. Six rundown. This was a doozy of a week, and we're starting it off with one of the closest matches and weirdest endings I've I've seen in quite some time. Phil by 0.4 points ousting Bobby, 105.16 to 104.76. Kurt versus Paul. Kurt's team is looking pretty dominant here, 144 to 121. Solid outing for Kurt. Welcome to the welcome to the top tier of uh, of this week year's uh, Freedom Fantasy League. Nick over Dustin, battle for the bottom. Nick, 104, Dustin, 84. And one of my favorite matchups of the week with less than, with with, with just a five-point difference here. Bird beating Rob. Bird's team soaring from the ashes like that bird in Harry Potter. Pretty sure it was still Phoenix, but, you know, they kind of changed some stuff around in there. What can you do? Um, It was definitely a Phoenix. It was Fox the Phoenix. No big deal. And then Adam continues his streak of dominance with a beautiful performance from Zeke Elliott, 125 to 115. I have just so much to say, but I'll save it for the matchup section so we can get through these next parts here. Uh, Apologies (laughs) for the just absolutely terrible uh, puns that are about to come here. I did all these in about five minutes because we went outside of our normal structure. So without further ado, here is our week six standings overview. In 10th place, we've got Dustin Bad Juju Shahidapur at 0-6. In 9th place, we've got Bobby Cat and Kirk Calzaretta at 1-5, riding a four-game losing streak. 8th place, we've got Nick. I'm shipping up to Boston Ryan with 3-3. In 7th, we've got Mike Sly Dog Vertica at 3-3, riding a three-game win streak. In 6th place, we've got Eric back from whence he came, Backelman at 3-3. In fifth place, we've got Rob Wet T-Shirt Contest, Johnson, at 3-3. Three and three. In fourth place, we've got Paul Something Burrowed, Something New, Schumacher, at 3-3. Three and three. In third place, we've got Phil Scripps National Spelling Higby Cross, at 4-2. and two. In second place, we've got Kurt Old McHenry Felson, at 4-2. and two. And in first, we have Adam Don't Fear the Rieger All-Meter, at 5-1. and one. Don't fear the rigor. Oh, okay. Okay. Week six pick'em recap. We have 
a rare win for myself uh, with four points. Adam and Phil both got three, and Kurt trailing it up here with two. The one time picking against myself has paid off so far. The standings overall for the year, we've got Adam with 21 points, Kurt with 19, and Rob with 16. And that brings us to our word from our sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Craigslist. Since 1995, Craigslist has been connecting people all over the United States, enabling a mostly safe way of exchanging goods and services. But Craigslist isn't just for transactional purposes, like selling shitty vintage bikes to overeager Mississippi hipsters. Be sure to check out the interpersonal sections where you can fill that nagging emotional void that's been holding you back for weeks. Just check out this ad in the Man Seeking Forgiveness section. My dear friend Bobby, I am so sorry I wasted our precious time last week by being a selfish, capitalistic douche canoe. You were being totally reasonable in your request, and I was acting totally irrational. Your offers were fair and would have benefited us both had I had the decency and courtesy to think about anyone other than myself. I was wrong to not pick up Andy Dalton using the top waiver priority. I entirely regret all of my actions that led to our trade talks breaking down. Damn it. I, Adam Almeter, take full responsibility, and I wholeheartedly apologize for my shortcomings as a fantasy football manager, as a friend, and a man. If I'm being honest, I can't even look myself in the eyes and call myself a man anymore. Just a lost child seeking for an ever-elusive fantasy championship. You can no doubt see how clueless I am by the fact that I'm still rostering Larry Fitzgerald seven weeks into the season. Please take this 100% honest and authentic apology as an olive branch. I beg you to forgive me. You're much lesser in trade negotiations, Adam Almeter. Wow, wasn't that beautiful? Craigslist, we're pretty sure the killer thing is behind us. Oh my god, I was I was dying. <laughs> I'm not serious about whatever just happened there. That felt like apple cider vinegar in my mouth. It was really less than desirable. What about blue poopy toilet water? Look, now that, now that Phil's not here, I just want to verify, did he actually drink blue poopy water no clearly he didn't he's just saying he's, he's trying to think of something as drink yes okay i would just i would be to... very i'd be very concerned for phil if he was drinking blue poopy water or had ever drinking blue poopy water it would be a, a terrible either hazing thing or just i don't know i'd have some i'd have some concerns some weird kentucky fraternity thing you know like you know we bleed blue drink this poopy water it's, I, I wouldn't put it past him. I'll, I'll be honest there. Rob, if you ever make me read something that I don't want to read again, I'll probably still read it because it will be a sponsorship ad. But at the same time, that was ruthless. I, I got to get him in while I can because I don't win these very often. So I just I take advantage of the shots I get. Kudos to you. Let's get into our week six matchup recaps. And there is just no other place to kick this off than the <laughs> epic showdown of Phil and Bobby. As Adam, you mentioned, a 0.4-point win by Phil. And this came down to the final couple minutes of the uh, Dallas-Arizona game. And I cannot tell you the level of excitement. As, as is tradition now, I watch Monday Night Games with Bird. But when <laughs> Kyler Murray connected with Christian Kirk on the 80-yard touchdown bomb, Bird and I lost our damn minds. Two receiving touchdowns in 86 yards. That was just, it was just beautiful. And I was almost convinced that it was going to be over, that Bobby was somehow with Joe Flacco and Jimmy Garoppolo and just a 
kind of mess of other stuff with Johnny Smith not doing anything and Alexander Madison busting. Like, I thought he was going to win. And then, lo and behold, Andy Dalton, in just one of the more inept performances I've ever seen, drives down the field at the end of the game, scores the <laughs> touchdown, and puts it within one. And Bert and I were like, oh, my God, I can't believe Phil's going to lose by one. And then we'd realize that Phil had Greg the leg, and that put him over the top for the end of the game. Just one matchup. With a solid four points. Unbelievable performance. I mean, honestly, going into this week, I mean, I mean, you know, shame on my egotistical self for assuming that Bobby's team was literally going to score probably less than Dustin somehow this week, starting Jimmy Garoppolo and Joe Flacco. I just, and Edward Valaire, I mean, finally actually had a game of, of, of some semblance and quality. I mean, I was expecting a solid 75-point performance <laughs> from uh, Dakari timeout. I don't even get this reference. What, what is this reference here, Dakari right. timeout? I actually would be curious to know because I do not get it either. Okay, solid. Anyway, that being said, I have no clue how this this happened and everything. I, I mean, I mean, what, what's what, Phil's team? What was it three weeks ago? Put up 199 points against my team, and then this week squeaks away with a win with Andy Dalton. I mean, I mean, kudos to you for picking him up, but you didn't need to start him until you knew if he was going to be good. Actually, you didn't need to start him because Russell Wilson was out. Yeah, man, what a week. This is a he, disaster. That, that was just fantastic. And just all manner of things, you know, had Los Angeles done anything against the 49ers, a sack, <laughs> an interception, uh, I, I don't know, like just literally anything, Bobby would have walked away with this one. As fun of a matchup as this was, let's not lose sight of the fact that both these teams barely put up 100 points. So this is, it was a, it was a pretty sad week overall for this matchup. Kudos to you, Phil. All right, do you want to lead us into Kurt and Paul? Oh, man. Kurt's team. I mean, let's be real. Kurt's team is looking unrecognizable from the start of the season. There are things going on here. Kurt Cousins actually putting up points. Nick Foles actually a, a Chicago QB getting more than 10 points. This is, this is a matchup that was probably the best one from just like a general offensive, uh, you know, setup. Um, and one of the things I just wanted to mention this week, this was the week of lost points to the bench. Kurt threw 24 points or left 24 points on his bench, uh, not starting Swift. But anyway, yeah, there's, there's not too much other than I'm getting a little bit nervous about Kurt's team here. I mean, this is, this is a solid team. Aaron Jones, you know, even had a down week and you're still putting up 144 points. It's looking good. Yeah, I mean, if you look, I mean, it's no secret who the star of this week was with Derrick Henry almost dropping a 40-burger from the non-QB position. That's stupid. That he had a 94-yard touchdown run at one point. So Nicole Hardman had a bagel, and Tyreek Hill had 25 yards. Like this is a very, and he didn't even have DK Metcalf. So I mean, like this team, it, you're right. It is. It's very scary. I, you know, you're not going to get that same crazy production every week from Henry, but that's his ceiling, and it is very scary because this team has a lot of firepower. Is it going to translate yeah. to a fantasy championship? No, but it is going to make it very dangerous the rest of the season. <laughs> you have two running backs with a 40-point ceiling. It's pretty, it's pretty dirty. It's pretty dirty when you get down to it. Lamar it Jackson. I mean, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I'm, I'm kind of uh, thinking about, about uh, you know, what might happen in a future conversation that we're going to have here. I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think Lamar Jackson is as good as, 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 you know, his point totals make him out to be. 
Um, I get the point that he might not be the most fundamentally sound QB out there, but honestly, does it matter when you're like leading a team to victory on a regular basis? I don't think so. I'm going to go with he's, he's the, uh, you know, it depends on philosophically what you think a QB is. If your QB is there to lead the team to victory, then absolutely Lamar Jackson's top five. If your QB is there to like throw like needle point passes, then, then he might not be your guy. Yeah, and I mean, the Ravens tailored the offense to fit him. And that was, I mean, the big knock on him coming out of college was his accuracy. But he's always been a prolific runner. And they, have, they find ways to win games with him. I mean, he is good. I, I, he's, not, he's not the best passer in the league. That's, that's, I don't think anybody's going to debate you on that. But he can, he can move and he can get the team moving. So he's, he's, he's still got some life in there for that fantasy. I know Paul was kind of down on him earlier in the season. But this is, this is what he does. This is what he does, and he's currently, ironically, also kind of a little bit nervously the most consistent player on Paul's team. Paul's running backs have been slumping recently. Hopefully they get out of that and uh, move forward a little bit. It's just one of those weeks where you just don't have Mike Evans. (laughs) He will show up one week, and then he will disappear the next week. So Paul did have Jacobs on a bye. I mean, that's kind of really all he was missing. So just Kurt's team played well this week. It's, it's, he's a contender. Are we going to your game next? Uh, no, we'll go to Dustin. So just as a heads up to our listeners, Dustin came on earlier. We recorded his portion first, so we didn't get through really. We did talk about his team. I do want to just kind of touch on Nick's team because I don't think we said anything at all during it. So we'll, we'll do a little, a little preview here and then we'll let Dustin take it away later. But from Nick's team, uh, Ryan Tannehill, good job. Love my boy. We'll see how that trade pays off long-term. This week, it did not, but whatever. Another really sad matchup here. Uh, again, Nick is missing a lot of his players, and by that I mean Christian McCaffrey. Um, we finally got some life from A.J. Brown, the fourth overall pick. Uh, Nick had some, some decent weeks on his bench, too, uh, that would have helped him in a lot of different places. But we talk about Aaron Rodgers, 3.8 points. I, I knew that they lost to Tampa Bay, but... Wow, that is that is bad. I've never I, – I shouldn't say never. I, there's about one game a year where I just kind of give up on the game about halfway through, and, and this was that game. It was – I don't know what happened there. I just want to really quickly say Nick's team is, is – Nick, Nick's turning into one of the scrappiest fantasy football players because he's in there and he's just revamping his team every week. I cannot get a hold on this team. And he's, 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 he's doing everything he can to put together a team that's pretty semblanceable. Kudos to you for, for, for pulling that off. Moving forward, got to get rid, rid of, uh, what's his name, Rex Burkhead. That, dude, that dude's a mess. If, if, I had a ta- if I had one takeaway from this game, it's that, it's that Nick's team actually probably should have done a lot better than it did and just been like a regularly, like a you know, you know, competent, competing team for, for this week. And, and it was really just that Aaron Rodgers underscored. Otherwise, he would have been, you know, a solid, like, middle of the pack like 120, 130 points. Both, both running backs in his flex combined for less than, less than four points. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he found a way to win. Luckily, he ran into Dustin this week, who I'm just looking at his scores now. If you combined every player on his team, totaled 92 points. That's, that's bench included. All right. So, yeah, since this was one of your favorite matchups of the week, and it's me, I'll let you uh, go into this one. This matchup is is absolutely classic textbook. Whatever you do to to figure out how to lose, 
you do so well at it. You do, you you lose in the classiest of ways. I do. I mean, all I have to say is Burnham's team. It looks pretty good, minus Miles Sanders being out now. But like, I mean, putting up like really legitimate team points. I would like to say for what is it, the fourth week in a row? Good luck picking. You know, now that you've picked up uh, Philip Rivers, good luck picking between Ryan Fitzpatrick, Philip Rivers. Oh no, no, Ryan Fitzpatrick's out now. So good luck picking between oh, which yeah. Philip Rivers or Tom Brady, because once again, you didn't pick the right team. But other than that, man, what a solid performance by Bird's team. This is classic, like 2010 Birdica. Um, love to see more of this. Rob, I hate to break it to you. Uh, Cam Newton, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. This, is, this seems like a little bit of a philosophy question. If you round down, Cam Newton definitely got 15 points. If they round down to what? The nearest integer of five? Yeah. Still counts. Uh, I did a little math. Cam Newton is averaging 22 points a game, so you're still a little bit off in your your projection. But it's you know I'll, I'll give him a break since it's his first week back from COVID, and I don't think the Patriots have like practiced in two weeks, so I'll, I'll let it slide. The only other thing I have on your team is during the trade talks with Bobby, the 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 the, the lineup was 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 the person who kind of kept who were who was coming up somewhat regularly was Chase Edmonds because clearly Chase Edmonds was going to be the lead running back in Arizona. And lo and behold, not at all correct with Kenyon Drake putting 28 points on your bench. Uh, how does it feel knowing that you had the points, yet once again did not quite come through with the right choice? Not, not terrible. I, I don't regret that decision, honestly, uh, because Gibson was going up against a bad Giants team, and I didn't think Hunt would totally crap the bet against the Steelers. But it is, it is what it is. Drake had, like, I don't know, it was like a 69-yard run in the fourth quarter against the Cowboys that really ballooned that kind of crazy up. But he's been not great in recent weeks, and I just didn't like the match. I just I liked Gibson's matchup better. He's trying to be not tinkery because this lineup is what I set in the week before. It just didn't pay off this time. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a loss. Not concerned. I'm... Well, you'll, you'll get the Kenyon Drake effect next week, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. That's fine. I know I'm losing next week. Dude, Kenyon Drake, though, Kenyon Drake and Philip Lindsay, we didn't even talk about Philip Lindsay, and the fact that you have a very enviable quarterback situation minus Cam Newton, I, I think this is, this is looking up to you. You might, uh, you, might even break, you might even break third place in the league. All right, let's mm-hmm. get over to you. I'm tired of talking about that matchup. Let's talk <laughs> about your – matchup where you were basically just kind of handed it on a silver platter this week with whatever the hell Ezekiel Elliott was doing. That was a (laughs) train wreck. Two fumbles. He looked, I mean, I wasn't expecting really anything from Andy Dalton and I was right to do so, but you know, that was just bad. You went into this matchup down pretty decent amount, not, not anything horrible, but obviously with Kyler dropping 28 points, I figured Zeke would be at least good for a touchdown, but lo and behold, here we are. So not, I don't, I don't know. Eric's team, you're, you're kind of right on at the moment with the Beckham thing. Uh, he has not played super well in his past two matchups, but he's got talent on that team. I think he left, he left a Justin Jefferson on his bench too, which yeah. I, I don't really know where he would start him over. I mean, at this point, maybe over Beckham moving forward because he's clearly tearing it up in Minnesota, but there you go. There's another bench thing that, you know, played to your favor. Julio finally had a big week, but I mean, he's really live or die by these receivers. And 
now also just as an aside, Tony Pollard was at some point in trade talks and is he going to take over the Dallas starting job? Who knows? But if Zeke keeps fumbling it two times a game, there's going to be some issues. Dude, talk about someone walking into, you know, running backs this year. If that's not the story of my season, I don't know what is. Uh, it's probably my great quarterback lineup. The the other the other thing that that I was thinking of is I, I you know is Eric's team fading maybe a little bit. It depends kind of also on what Le'Veon Bell does in Kansas City. Do you think he's actually going to do anything? I'm 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 not really buying the hype. That's that's actually a good point. Yes, I do. I I don't know. I mean, I think there's some concern that Alaire isn't scoring touchdowns. Like he's he's chewing up yards, but he can't get into the end zone. And I think that Le'Veon Bell is going to come in. I think they're both going to be effective. Well, I don't know. So you have Ezekiel Elliott and you have James Robinson, who's been tearing it up. You also have a plethora of high caliber receivers. Where do you fit Bell into that? Exactly. And I mean, I mean, and then the other issue is, is your wide receivers are high caliber wide receivers, but have been severely underperforming this year. I mean, Devonta Adams, I wouldn't say is having like a breakout, like incredible year or anything like that. Same with Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you know, minus Stefan Diggs, I don't know what you got going on with this team right now. Um, well, other than your wide receivers. Well, I mean, Adams had a beastly week one, then got injured week two, and then I don't know what the hell. Like, he, he didn't play up until whatever you want to call Green Bay versus Tampa. I get what the Battle of the Bays that did not go very well for the men in green. It, like, <laughs> there's, there's talent here. It's, it's just with receivers, they tend to be a bit more volatile. So they need that floor from Elliott, who is your – top draft pick and right now he's not getting it yeah i mean i was pretty convinced that i was losing this week 110 percent and 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 yeah yes thank you thank you zeke elliott for being the mvp of my team and allowing me that victory i mean it was a pedestrian effort on all fronts i guess at this point we'd like to welcome our guest in thus i know you've got kind of a, a short timeline here so i figured we could do just a recap of your matchup with Nick. Yeah. How do I describe my my matchup with Nick last week? I mean, it was a it was a bunch of mixed emotions. I mean, his projected point total was only a little bit above mine. So I really had hope that I was gonna be better than the New York Jets, you know, but uh for not. The problem is is like I, I drafted Michael Thomas, I drafted Carson, um, I drafted Tua. And really, none of them had been playing until I dropped them all, and now Nick Chubb's on the IR. So my team is basically like, it's structurally sound as like Mrs. Tarpey's leg, which, you know, is to say, not structurally sound at all. <laughs> Just constantly <laughs> in a state of brokenness. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I knew I was going to lose uh, about like 4 o'clock, but, you know, I'm kind of used to that. You know, I'm just used to losing. I struggle to find the words with your team, Dustin, because it's not like you have bad players on your team. They're just not playing <laughs> football. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like they, you know, like if you just look at all the names, like you in theory have a great team. 84 points, I think is a season low. I could be, I could be wrong, but I, <laughs> I should really rename my team like the 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers when they had like Eric Rose and Dwayne Wade and all those people. It's like, yeah, on paper, the names are people you know. But as I, as I gloss over them, I'm like, my starting lineup has Adrian Peterson and Jimmy Graham and Ben Roethlisberger. So, <laughs> you know, like if I made my team in like 2014, like I'd be winning the league, you know, but it, it's 2020. Like I don't really have anyone who's new. Like I don't have, you know, I have, I have Judy, but like, 
has he done it? I'm looking at his stats now. Like, has Judy even done anything? Not really. Yeah. Not he, he's, you know, he had one outlier week where he got me 12 points. But, you know, on a week-to-week basis, he's getting me like five. I live and die by T.Y. Helton, and he's just failed me this year. Let me ask you this. How are you going to write the ship? Oh, that's a great, great, great question. Um, well, I texted the group that I was going to tank. I thought that was really going to hit home. Uh, <laughs> nobody commented. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I can't tank because uh, we are not on a lottery system. <laughs> uh, how am I going to write the ship? I mean, I think, honestly, I, I don't really know how the ship could be right. I mean, I'm not going to give up, but I think I'm just going to wait. Michael Thomas is questionable for this week. Chubb is still on the IR. I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not cashed in, but like, I don't have any uh, real tricks up my sleeve. Do you get any enjoyment out of fantasy football this year? Let me ask that question. Well, I watch Red Zone and um, I go through a lot of mixed emotions. You know, I live in New York City. So the game that I always get on Fox is like the New York Giants game. So usually around like 2 p.m., Danny Dimes has thrown an interception in the end zone. And I'm like, I don't care about the Giants, but I feel like I'm just surrounded by like losing. You know, it's like, like, ooh, we're either going to show you the Jets game or the Giants game. And I feel like that really wore off on me and had like an impact on my drafting. You know, it's like, why am I Googling suicide watch? You know, I, I don't, it's, it's just, I'm not even thinking about it. It's just kind of happening. And so that, that's pretty much where I'm at. You know, sometimes I see the Bears pop up on red zone when they, when, when they throw their one touchdown a week. That's pretty cool to see. And, you know, my, my girlfriend is from Tampa. Um, so she's like a very, very like Bucks light fan. So I've been watching like a little bit of Tom Brady. He's pretty cool. But like, I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like when I'm watching the league, everything is mediocrity. You know, there's not many, like, it's like the Cowboys are bad and like people are like the Browns are bad. And like, then there are teams who are just like actually bad. Like who's good? Like, are the Titans actually good? The Bears are not good. I don't know. What do you guys think? You're, you're coming from the epitome of, of, of society, which is New York City, and then dealing with the, the, the mediocrity. So I, I guess what I would have to say is, is just, you know, you know, if you flounder in for long enough, it really just, you know, it's second nature. Mm. <laughs> cool. Can't wait to get used to this. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, just, you, you don't have any good role models, does? I mean, yeah, the Jets and the Giants both suck. The Bears... Kurt texted me that they were, we were talking about Antonio Brown signing at some point. I, Kurt picked him up, but he hasn't signed anywhere yet. But he was like, the Bears are 5-1. and one. And I was like, are they really? Like, I just assumed they were 3-3 three and three because they don't play like they're a good team. So I, mm. I, I get your point. Like, the Chiefs are good. Everybody else, like the Packers, I guess, have been playing super well. I, I, I haven't really – I've been watching Red Zone, so I just kind of get the highlights of everything, too. It's this is the downside of red zone too is if you lose the you lose the perspective of what it's like to watch an actual game and see you know who's actually doing well versus just like this constant stream of motion so it's it's kind of a yeah yeah it's it's a win but also a lose because you lose the perspective on the t- on the on the actual game the thing i keep hearing on red zone is they're like yeah you know tom brady's team like they didn't have that much time to practice together and blah 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 and i'm like okay i i hear you on that but also aren't you like a professional sport? You know, like, I, I just don't understand. Like if somebody was like, like, I assume at some point we've all used like Google Sheets or Microsoft Excel. And it's like, if, if, I, if, I, if they threw an Excel sheet at me that I never used and they were just like, wow, you're sucking. And, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I've just, 
I've never been around this Excel sheet before. It's like, that is complete horseshit. <laughs> like, what? Like, you're, it's not just that you're like, you're, you're, we're not saying that you're like, okay at Excel. You're supposed to be like the best. Like you were the best Excel person in high school. <laughs> and then you got a scholarship to do Excel in college at LSU. You know, and then like you won the Excel national championship. And then you get to the NFL and you're like, oh my God, like this is just so out of my comfort zone. I'm like, why is the bar so low? That the commentators go like, yeah, you know, he's getting acclimated to the offense. I'm like, oh my god, isn't this just Madden? Like, how? I don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I clear, clearly, I don't understand because apparently it's hard, and I just don't understand why it's hard. Last year's uh, Excel Tostitos Bowl. It was a great <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, Oracle. Oracle just drafted this prodigy out of uh, <laughs> Carnegie Mellon. He's nineteen. He knows all the hotkeys. He's absolutely ridiculous. And it's like, let me tell you about this dude. I hear he's coming out of Miami. He knows pivot tables. Um, we've never seen anything like it. You know, this is just not how pivot tables were supposed to be used. Oh man. <laughs> Huge fan who came out of the, the of that kid who came out of the JUCO system, you know, you know, kind of kind of knew his way around Microsoft Word, but like really put in the effort to like, you know, just do some solid sheets, you know. He was doing sheets for his dad's air conditioning business in Iowa, and just like you know, went to jail a few times, and just really he got his GED, and now he's now he's playing, you know, now he's on the big screen like doing sheets. I mean, the dude put in the time. He was using a real-life ledger and pen and pencil. You know, you know, you know. He, and he and he really studied hard, learned the tradition of the game, and then and then you know, it's really paid off long term. But again, you think about all these stories and all these crazy. Like, there are a lot of people in the NFL, but when you think about how many people play football, it's so little. So it's just crazy to me that like these are supposed to be the the one percent. You know, like maybe it's even less than that of football players. And then they're just like, yeah, you know. He, he's just getting used to this offense. I'm like, Ryan Fitzpatrick has literally played quarterback for every team in the NFL four times, and he throws, like, four <laughs> touchdown passes a game. I've never heard Ryan Fitzpatrick being like, oh, I'm just – or, or, or um, McCown. He was on a million teams, too. I've never heard them being like, oh, you know, offense is just so hard, and I just – I don't get him. Like, they just, they just score. And so it makes me think, I'm like, I feel like – I feel like if we just raise the bar higher, we're just like, okay, you're a left tackle – like when you consider the the finite amount of possibilities of things you can do on a single play, how are you confused about like who to block? You know what I mean? It's not like, like it's not like there's infinite possibilities of like blitzes and blah blah blah. There's like probably a, a legit finite amount. And so it just blows my mind that the Bears O line is so bad. They're like they got to get a new one. I'm like, how? What? what? <laughs> like I just be talking to the guy, I'd be like, okay, let's just take a step. I used to do this when I would teach music lessons. Kids would have a hard time. I'm like, I could tell a sixth grader to play this. Just like, you are so overthinking this. And the person's like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm right. Sometimes you just need people to tell you you're being dumb. Wow. That's, that's some yeah. heavy unpacking that you just unloaded here. You're basically, you're yeah. basically saying that we're going to just restart the NFL in a way that, 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 that is revolutionizing the way that we even consider the NFL. I mean, I'm on board. This is a no-brainer. Well, I was like, I do, I do think about that with a lot of the offensive lines too, when, like for the Bengals, when I watched Joe Mixon for three weeks, just run straight into defenders in the backfield. It's like, are there really not like the Bengals have the five best linemen available to this? Like nobody that's a free agent is <laughs> exactly. going to provide any sort of update to this point. Like this is, this is it. This is the cream of the Cincinnati crop. 
this is the skyline chili of offensive lines that we're like <laughs> dealing with here. Like it's, it is ridiculous. The, the, the Bengals O-line is a perfect example of this. They're, they're just like, like Joe Burrow gets smashed. Like I see it on red zone. Like they show those highlights. On, they're, they're, the Bengals aren't in the red zone. Just like, look at Joe Burrow. Like you can literally see his brain like getting smushed. And again, it's the same thing. It's the same thing we've been saying for the past like 10 minutes. It's like, you were like a blocker at Ohio State. How are you bad? Like, how are you like not good at that? I don't know. And they're just like, yeah, that defender's impossible to stop. And I'm like, but like how? You know, they're just like, Aaron Donald is impossible to stop. He's so fast. And I'm like, the guy standing in front of him is like 6'5 and weighs 350 pounds. I just don't understand. I just don't understand like, they make it sound like Aaron Donald is like also that big. He's not. He weighs a lot less than that. No, he's like six one. Yeah. He's, so if he's like, like a small dude. Yeah. So if like so basically what you're saying is like they're like Justin Shahidaport, new to the NFL, absolutely insane. Gets through the line all the time, and someone's like, "Wait, that dude doesn't even weigh two hundred pounds. Like, how is he getting through the line?" There's like, it's so hard. I'm like, this is crap. <laughs> this is all crap. So do you think this kind of boils down to drafting itself? Because if you listen to any, like any sort of you know draft hyper analysis around a lot of these players, like, oh, he's a prospect. He's going to require some work. Do you think that's just a fundamental flaw of how people are drafting? They're like overthinking it. They're basically tinkering their way out of somebody who has shown you through college that they can do what they do. And you're like, no, this guy's like 6'8 and, you know, 390 pounds. So we're going to draft him because he has all the physical tools to be a dominant blocker. But it's like, do you think that that's, that's something that, that's playing into this, that we just, we have all this hype and people are basically tinkering their way out of good players? I would say yes and no. And I can offer like legit examples. First example is Johnny Manziel. Okay. With Johnny Manziel, we, it's like, we saw him in college, ridiculous stats. Heisman winner, but also like the sniff test of Johnny Manziel. I mean, he looks like a shitty dude you'd meet at a frat party, and he doesn't he doesn't scream to me like I'm not like oh my god that's the you know it's like there's Tom Brady right and you're like wow he's the leader of a team a Tim Duncan and Johnny Manziel like no he just like he doesn't pass the sniff test for me and just and they were like but he's the number one pick and I'm like really so you're telling me of every person. In, in if you were just like who's the be- who's the cream of the crop and there's like that guy i'd be like no what and I, it'd be like me looking at a police lineup i'm like no that that's not the guy you know but then on the flip side of that when when like people don't pick mahomes and then you go back and you watch i saw this youtube video the other day where he was on like some morning show and he was throwing footballs with david carr and david carr is like way out of the nfl and they're like who can throw a, a football faster and Mahomes could throw a football in college at 70 miles an hour. I can't throw anything 70 miles an hour. <laughs> and so the idea that they're just like, like the Bears are like, yeah, you know, but this this white kid who's quarterback for UNC sounds better than Mahomes. I'm like, what? But nothing about that passes the sniff test. Like, I don't care what drills you see them run or whatever else. There's no way that Trubisky – I don't know. The, the, the true statement of all time is people were drafting the right people way before we had these hyper stats. And, and, and it comes down to this, this, this quote-unquote sniff test. I'm going to start doing this for, for all aspects of my life. Instead of looking at data and stuff for it, just go off the sniff test. This dude can throw 70 miles an hour. You're in. I do want to make one correction to something you said, Dustin. Johnny Manziel 
is not like a person, a shitty person you meet at a frat party. He is a <laughs> shitty person you meet at a frat party. I'm pretty sure that's like all he did. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But again, like even, even Michael Jordan, right? Like he didn't get picked first in the NBA draft. Like they picked people for him. And granted, I think, did they, who was the first pick in the draft that year? Was it Elijah Wan? I think it was in my yeah. one episode that I've seen of that. I'm pretty sure it yeah, was Elijah okay. Wan. Like, but even Michael Jordan, right? Like the fact that a team was like, okay, Hakeem, if that's who it was, like he's pretty legit. And then I think it was like Sam Perkins or something. It's like, who was watching Michael Jordan in college? <laughs> and Sam Perkins just was like, hmm, huh. Yeah, that Jordan guy dunks in college and is absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? There is something to this Sam Perkins guy. <laughs> this is also how I feel about people with bad last names. Like, I would not dra- – if there was another Dustin Shahidapur, like, in college, I don't care what his stats are, there's no way I'm drafting him. I just <laughs> – there's never been a famous person with like a heart, you know, it's like Dan Orlovsky point taken. You know what I mean? Like yep. Dan Orlovsky is not, is not the NFL MVP. That's just not, it's not the name. It's just all wrong. That's not even sniff test to me. That's just me being a, uh, I think the word is racist. Um, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, 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 it, Let me ask you this next question. How many of the players on your team did you did pass the sniff test this year? Or did you use the sniff test this year and it just failed miserably? I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out, should I use the sniff test next year? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great point, Adam. I will say that I didn't take any of my own advice on this one. So here, like, Julian okay. Edelman is someone who passes the test for me because I, I've been a Julian Edelman fan for a long time. But when he was in the Super Bowl versus Atlanta and he made that catch where, like, you know, he was on the ground and the ball, like, flew out of his hand and then he, like, ninja grabbed it before it hit the ground you know you know it's like in the comeback part of the game yeah yeah, yeah. i was just like this guy's got it i don't know what it is and i'm not an nfl scout but i if i could show someone that tape i'd be like do you want this person on your team they'd be like yeah that type of play i'm just like dan orlowski's not doing that like <laughs> like like kevin white when the bears drafting like kevin white's so good like go kevin white i was like show me a play where kevin white does something that's not just like bullying over a bunch of high school kids who weigh 100 pounds less than him. Because that's the video I saw of Derrick Henry, and there's like, yeah, Derrick Henry's a cheat code. And I'm like, yeah, he is huge. But, like, the crazy thing about Derrick Henry is, like, he's huge, but he's also so fast. He also just looks like Predator. Like, he's pure muscle. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, he passes the test to me. Nobody's been good at running for the Titans since Eddie George. And then I saw Derrick Henry on TV, and I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, this dude's a total beast. You know, I always thought about this with the, with the Bears running back, Thomas Jones. Like, he was so scary because he was, like, ripped. And also, he, like, as soon as he got the ball, he would just run so hard. And I've never seen another running back where I was just like, I would never want to try to tackle Thomas Jones. Like, if they made me be on, like, Jackass 4, and there's like, you have to go play football, and you have to try to tackle Derrick Henry. I'd be like, well, this is going to be comical. If it was Thomas Jones, I'd be like, well, I'm actually, like, I'm in danger of dying if I try to tackle this guy. Like, real, I'm worried that he's going to juke me, and, like, my my skull is going to go down on sort of, like, my, you know, like, my spinal cord, and it's all just going to kind of crunch like in my neck and I'll die. Did you see, I mean, did you see Henry's 94 yard touchdown run this week when you said he was fat? I never, I never thought he was that fast, but watching him on a 94 yard touchdown run outrun an entire defense. Yeah. He's was... ridiculous. He's insane. I just, I just hope that he stays healthy. And then I, like another, another perfect example of the sniff test is like Derek Cousins. 
or, or sorry, Kirk Cousins. Like when I watch Cousins, okay, in the same way that Derrick Henry is like very spectacular, Kirk Cousins is like very mediocre. <laughs> like every single time I watch him, and he's and they're just like, but he threw four touchdowns this week. I'm like, yeah, Mitch Trubisky threw four. He was a, Mitch Trubisky went to the Pro Bowl again as a backup, but still, even the fact that he was enough in the conversation that they're like, okay, well. Russell Wilson can't come, so who's the backup? And they're like, Trubisky. Like, that's insane to me, you know? And mm-hmm. when I watch Kirk Cousins, I'm just like, no. You know, like, you're okay, but you're never going to take a team to, like, win a championship. I just can't yeah. wait for all the rumors to stop about Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers trading for Kirk Cousins, because that's still a thing. It's like, oh, Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator. Are they going to trade for him? No. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is bad, as evidenced by... He's had one negative game this year, and I'm pretty sure he was close to another one. Well, it's what's wrong with Garoppolo? Is he? I mean, is it because Garoppolo's hurt? Uh, nobody is still sold on him, which is fair. But he he was injured last week still when they trotted him out against the Dolphins, and he went for negative points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they benched him and put in Bathard. But I just don't think like people just don't. I think it's like the collective sniff test, where it's like the public hasn't gotten that whiff where they're like oh yeah that's that's the stuff he's the Mm -hmm. guy even though they got to a Super Bowl last year I know that was kind of largely on their defense and some of their other weapons that they have but at least got them there but I just don't think that that people see him as that and I just think there's a lot of people who are subconsciously using this this sniff test methodology and they're just like nope doesn't doesn't jive with me yeah I also think that people are just so quick to be on one side of the spectrum or the other you know, it's like when people have bad games, I, I, I feel like people did this too early with Trubisky. We're like, okay, in the end, I think we all got to the same agreement that like, like he's probably not the QB of the future for the Bears. But like he would have one bad game and then people would be like, Trubisky era, like it's over. He's never going to do it. And I was like, it's just too hot takey. You know what I mean? Like it, yep. yeah, he had a bad week. But, you know, I think if you graded every single person on like their worst week, you know, if you graded me on like the worst thing I ever did, and everything I did was on tape, like, yeah, I, w- I would also be on the bench, you know? And so I think that, like, you have to cut these people a little bit more slack. With Garoppolo, I get the sense that he's, like, pretty – he's pretty good. He's not bad. I mean, it's not that, – that he's definitely in the top half of quarterbacks. It's just that it's that it factor where is he the guy that's going to lead? And I think part of what you're saying is 100% true, a hot takey. That's – that we see that in fantasy, too, with people that – we draft kind of early and they bust a little bit early in the season. It's like, well, I'm writing them off and being done. But I, I think that's 100% true. And they see, they see little snips of him not, not playing well, or they see, you know, Mahomes. They just have like unreal benchmarks where it's just like, oh, I watched the Super Bowl and, you know, Mahomes is that guy. Jimmy Garoppolo is not. Well, it's like Mahomes is like arguably already on his way to being the greatest NFL quarterback that has ever been. So it's, setting unreal benchmarks. And I, I feel like this way too, just in my weekly fantasy, where it's like, I'm expecting, you know, my team and my players to put up these outrageous performances when realizing it is still football, like stuff happens. You working in social media, you should know that of, of all that, like how incendiary everything can just be. And it's like, even though it just, somebody has an opinion, it's a flash in the pan and it's gone. And it doesn't, things don't have a very long shelf life, I guess. Yeah. Well, we have, you know, it's like we, we, they're, they're, we've done studies at Facebook and I, the most interesting thing to me is that studies show that when, whenever something is trending, at least on Facebook or Instagram, it's because of, 
it's either it's it, it you have to look at why it's trending in the first place like why are people sharing it and usually what it boils down to is that it it's towing the line between like something that is something that is like violating either like moral standards or community standards so an example would be like if Kim Kardashian put a photo up on Facebook for some reason where she's like basically completely naked. If she was naked, like if she posted a nude photo on Facebook that violate community standards, you take it down, right? I think along those mm-hmm. same lines, same thing happened within sports where the takes that really trend or take off are the ones that are towing the line between just being like absolutely ridiculous that you can't even, like your first gut reaction to hearing them is like, that is insane. And on that note, I wanna give you one of my hot takes. Ready? Oh, here we go. I don't think that Lamar Jackson is good. Oh, that is, <laughs> I mean, elaborate. Why? Why do you say that? <laughs> okay, first petty reason. Along, so I was watching the other day, I got like a YouTube recommended video where they were showing um, quarterbacks doing the skills challenge at the Pro Bowl. And they do this video <laughs> where they have, you know, it's like you get as many footballs as you want. And you have to like hit moving targets for points, you know? I've watched two separate videos of Lamar Jackson, two separate Pro Bowls doing it, and he's objectively awful. Like he scores like so so they have all the all the quarterbacks do it, plus like one player. So like Adam Thielen did it because he used to play quarterback, which they mention at every single game. They're like, did you know that Adam Thielen used to throw a football to him? Like, again, such a low bar. He's an he's a professional football player. There's like, like, did you know that Rob Johnson can also type, he uses sheets and he knows how to use Microsoft Word? I'm like, the bar is so low. It's all office, baby. Like, it's all the same shit. Like, so watching Lamar Jackson, I was like, okay, watching you try to hit these targets, you're just, it's so obvious to me how much worse he is at it. And maybe he just had a bad day. Maybe I'm being too hot takey. But I'm like, you are objectively worse than this than Kirk Cousins, than Mitch Trubisky, way worse than Russell Wilson, you were, and basically you were as good as Adam Thielen. You're supposed to be the quarterback of the Ravens, right? And so he offsets it by the fact that he's like an amazing scrambler. And a lot of times the throws he makes are like two really wide open people because my thesis is that he breaks up these plays. And a lot of times the people he has to hit are like really open. You know, when like Mahomes does the pass where he does like no look passing, or he bombs at like 80 yards, or he threads the needle. I've never seen Lamar Jackson like thread the needle. You know, I've never seen him make like a precision pass. I've only ever seen him like scramble, 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 scramble. And then he hits someone who's like wide open. Thoughts? So most, most clickbaity question that immediately comes to mind is Lamar Jackson, the next Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I would say, no, he's probably, he's probably better. I'd say Lamar Jackson is like peak Vic on the on the on the Falcons, but he's about to get like he's about to become like Vic on the Eagles. You know, still good, but not this like transcendent player where people are just like like I always feel bad when they interview like Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Tom Brady, and they're like, "What do you think of all these young quarterbacks?" And they have to be like, "Oh yeah, I just love what Lamar Jackson's doing. I could never do that." <laughs> and part of me wants to be like, yeah, clearly Tom Brady, like we know, like your legs look like they're made of concrete, but like, and they've, and they've looked like that since 2000, but like, do you, does Tom, like behind closed doors, does Tom Brady really respect Lamar Jackson? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, does he respect that type of a game? Like, is he actually really into that? My hunch is that like, maybe no. Like, I think he has admiration to be like, wow, what a, 
You know, it's like if Tom Brady is like classic rock for the quarterback position, Lamar Jackson is like jazz. You know what I mean? It's just like he's doing a really weird thing with it. And I don't know how many people like jazz. Like me personally, I like jazz, but I don't really like uh, Lamar Jackson's interpretation of it. Oh, so good. I, I'm, I'm just absolutely in love with these hot takes. This, this, is, this, is, the, this is the highlight. I've never been on the Lamar Jackson train. And I and I and I and I'm 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 seeing I'm seeing the move toward that type of like kind of throw off throw off the defense uh, like 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 idea and I but and and also I see the fact yeah 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 I I, I didn't see that I didn't see the QB thing but I could see him being absolutely horrendous at it the thought process that that, that comes to mind with this next question is do these old quarterbacks who are just like traditional quarterbacks see this new wave of quarterbacks coming in as something that is going to ultimately, uh, because the reality is, is, is I, I don't think it's as cyclical of a nature as it is. I think this is like legitimately a new thing where you're seeing like scrambling quarterbacks that are just kind of doing their own thing. Are these old quarterbacks just like super, super like, like, yeah, this is awesome that, you know, the quarterback has an expanded role. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I, I'm just, I'm just, uh, there were so many questions and now I'm just rambling and I'm now in a stream of consciousness if somebody has something up. <laughs> I think it's probably the same way that like when Magic Johnson was on the Lakers, everybody wore like those super short shorts where they were like uncomfortably short. And it's like, how do you think Magic Johnson felt about like the 2006 Miami Heat uniforms where they were like baggy shit shorts, like they're halfway to their ankles, like between the knee. And they're just like, how do y'all feel about uniforms? And they're just probably like, well, back in my day, we used to wear the short shorts with the thighs out, you know? And it's like, you know, it's just part of the changing game and you get used to it. Get used to it, Drew Brees. I mean, you're old. Like, let <laughs> let, let, let them cook. Thank you, Dustin, for coming on and, and talking more Microsoft references than probably will ever be said on this. And <laughs> on a personal note, thank you very much for introducing me to Clowncore. I still want to talk more about that at some point. Yeah, Leo, let's do a special one-off. Like, we'll do, like, a special Clowncore series where we can analyze every video. I'm, I'm 100% game. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, please Google Clowncore. Um, really quality content. And on that note, bye, guys. Miss you. See you all on later. Later, Dustin. See you soon, man. Let's get into our Week 7 Pick'em, and it is going to end with a little bit of a shebang this week because we're playing each other so i'm excited to get to that but there are four other matchups in the league i want to talk about right now let's start it off with eric versus phil adam who do you have let's let's do this one last because this one is just so difficult to actually figure out who's going to win both teams are kind of slumping i have no idea what's going on with elliot moving forward and and phil's team looks great on paper well no actually russell wilson's back um kamaro's back I'm going Phil. This is this is the, yeah. Kudos to Phil for the for the game. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Eric. I mean, yes, Russell Wilson is back. Weird things happen when the Cardinals and Seahawks play, though. I will probably be dead wrong on this, and I hope I am, so that Kenny Drake and Tyler Lockett get lots of points. But I think this is gonna be a low-scoring game, which is weird because you have two very prolific quarterbacks. But I'm telling you, man, weird things happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go Eric here. But kudos to Phil. Our next matchup we have here is, oh, there you go. The man himself, Mr. Kurt Felsen, and 0-6 Dustin. Adam, does Dustin finally get the win he's been looking for this week? No, because, the, because, because Kurt's team, this stock is rising. 
the only player on this on on Dustin's team that I would have any sense of reliability on at this point is Adrian Peterson. And that's just because I know every week he's just going to get seven points. He's not going to do better than seven points. He's just going to get seven points. Jimmy Graham, Chicago tight end, that's a disaster. Judy, I've never been impressed. Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, the – the, the the spread on a Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, offense currently is disastrous. I don't know how you choose anyone other than Chase Claypool. There's 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 minimal upside to what's going on on Dustin's team. And that can only give me it, it literally like like I mean I mean Kirk could put out a pedestrian effort of a of a of a team and I would still pick Kirk. Um and and on top of that, Kurt's team looks great. I love Kurt's team. What you just did there is basically the equivalent of needing to put like a horse down and instead of taking a shotgun you basically just took a knife and very slowly dragged it across the body like Dustin's team is you don't need to do that to him he knows that it's it's not great it's it's going to be Kurt right here that's that's the winner Dustin maybe it'll get better someday but not today we have next matchup would be between Nick and Paul Nick Somehow at three and three right now, still, still fighting. I think there are like four or five teams at three and three right now, which is makes makes the league fun. But yeah, coming up against Paul, projections are pretty close right now. Uh, I'm gonna go Paul. I, I I'm sure that there's gonna be some magic here with Nick. I know that Aaron Rodgers is going to rebound, and Tannehill's looked pretty good, but he goes up against the Steelers. I think it's gonna be closer than expected, just because that's how Nick's matchups seem to go. And when you have Young Wei Koo dropping 20 points in a week, you know, anything can happen. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go Paul here. Okay. I, this feels sacrilege. This, this feels like walking into a church with like in a pair of boxers. I mean, this is just something that you do not do at any level. But I'm going to go with Nick's team here. And for these two reasons, Nick's team is sneaky. He's scrapping through a season. He's three and three when he has no business being three and three. I, with with the injuries that he's dealt with, uh, McCaffrey's still not back, but you know Frank Gore is taking over as the main New York Jets uh, running back. Pick up on Boston Scott. I have no idea if he's actually going to do well with Miles Sanders out, but I, I just my gut instinct is saying saying that that that's probably going to happen. Honestly, he put up for a very pedestrian effort of 104. You know that was really just because Aaron Rodgers scored what was it four or five points or something like that. I, this is a team that actually I think is going to be Paul's team this week. My intuition is telling me to go with Nick, so I'm going with Nick. With our next matchup here, we've got Mr. Mike Bertica versus Mr. Bobby Calzaretta. Right now, another close projected matchup, but I think everybody is actually in right now. So, Adam, who are you taking in this one? This is Michael Bertica's game through and through. Bertica, you're looking like a butte right now, an absolute gem. Your team's on the rise. There's weird things happening over there. This is the first time you've been fantasy relevant since 2010. I'm giving it to you. Uh, Bobby, I don't, I, I, I honestly, I can't figure out what you're going to do with your QB situation. That's a hot mess. Good pickup on McKinnon. I probably should have picked him up and I'm kind of like regretting not having him, but, but there's, there's not enough firepower on Bobby's team right now. It's, I mean, you're starting Sam Darnold. You're starting a Jets quarterback in the year where the Jets are the equivalent of insert Gary Gergich joke. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's embarrassing what's going on in, in, with that offense. So, uh, yeah, Vertica for the win. 
I, I want to not give Burdica the win because he beat me last week and I want this train to, to slow down, but there just, there isn't enough on Bobby's side. He's losing. We'll see, we'll see this week what happens with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and how Le'Veon Bell plays into that, but the quarterback situation is just going to, it's going to hurt for a bit until he can figure something out. He can luck into, luck into a good waiver wire pickup, or if Tua starts playing super well, who knows that once he comes back. But Dude, he, yeah. uh, why is Tua not back? I thought it was Tua time. It is Tua, Tua time, time, but the Dolphins, the Dolphins are on the, a bye this week. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going Bird here, too. His, his team's looking pretty good. Uh, I hate Burdica, to do, Let me give Burdick some sage advice this week. So, every week you switch your quarterback. So, I'm imploring you this week, please just leave Tom Brady in, and he will do just fine for you. I think it's kind of his option. Rivers has been not good for a while. He had a nice game last week, but other than that, he's looked not good. And Rivers is on a bye. So I don't think he has any options this week. His bench is nothing. There's, there's nobody there. You have Tim Patrick and James White. That is your bench depth. Yeah, I mean, but he's still, even without that power, ooh, starting Corey Davis, Titans legend. Oh, hell yeah. And Damian Harris. <laughs> This is going to be interesting. This one actually could be closer than I initially thought. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm calling an audible. I'm going Bobby. I'm, <laughs> there's, there's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But, you know, I just feel like it's, it's within the realm of possibility. He's got – he does have some players. Bird's team this week missing a lot of guys, and this is a very low – little low-floor lineup. I just want the whole league to, to hear it here first. Rob tinkered himself out of a win in the Pickham situation because he convinced himself that Bobby's godforsaken team with Sam Darnold starting as a quarterback is going to beat Vertica. You heard it here first. Who, who the hell knows, but I, I'm going Bobby. Might as well switch it up a little bit here. Give us some more, some more uh, things to argue about. All right. And so good, sir. That leads us to our last matchup of the week, which, Oh, it is the two of us. I already texted this to you today, but this is a lose-lose situation for me because if I win this game, it's, oh, look at Rob. He beat Josh Kelly and Chase Claypool with Jonathan Taylor and Dalvin Cook and <laughs> Devontae Parker and Justin Tucker on a bye because let's take a look at Adam's bench, shall we? Who is he going to drop for a kicker? Jonathan Taylor? No. Devontae Parker, no. Cook, no. Minshew, no. Pollard, no. Uh, Debo Samuel, no. There's, there's one spot on your roster that would make the most logical sense to drop and would allow you to keep one of the best kickers in the league. But that's occupied by none other than Larry Fitzgerald. And so there's nobody that is getting dropped, which means Adam is going to go into this week sans kicker. So if I lose to Adam this week, it will be horrible because I will have lost to him without his top two running backs and with an empty roster spot on there. So this is like the most classic situation of Tinkertown ever for me. Cause it's like, who do I put in here that is going to keep the highest floor so that I don't shit the bed <laughs> and lose. This terrifies me because this, like this matchup should be a slam dunk win for me. I am projected to beat you by 23 points. Like, that's being kind with some of the people that you have in here. God, I'm, I'm going with myself. The, the streak has been broken. 
The streak has been broken. I picked Bird last week and I lost. So I, I can finally get out of that little trap. I'm picking myself. God help me. God, if there's any way that you can figure out how to lose this game, I will be floored. I will literally be floored. I, I mean, I mean, your team is, and I would never say this to your face, but your team looks great. There's no issues here. Joe Mixon's going to be great. Kareem Hunt's going to be great. Kenyon Drake might actually be, like, predictable moving forward. And, and, and all that, suffice to say, I'm literally handing you a win here. Because, I mean, you can't drop Tucker. I mean, that's just not realistic. And also, you just can't drop Larry Fitzgerald. He's the, the life and soul of my team. If you've seen Larry Fitzgerald smile, um, you know you, you know that the world's a better place. If you had to take um, a sniff test for Larry Fitzgerald, you would know that he's the man that you want on your team, even if he's not putting up points. So for moral support, I just can't I, I got to keep him on, on, on the field, which means you know I, I, I am starting a less than desirable you know you know lineup this week. But I figured I was also kind of, you know, this is the Midwest, Middle West football division, and I'm really just publicly embarrassing my entire half of the league. So, so I, I, I figured I would just kind of sit this one out. But I swear to God, if I do not lose this week, I will. I, 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 I can't help you. I can't help you more win, Rob. I mean, I mean, this is this is your this is your time to shine. We're going we're to move on here. I, I wish you the best of luck this week. And by that, I mean not at all. Please don't beat me because, God, it's going to be great. This is not going to stop me from just rubbing it in your face next week if I do win. Also, I don't even think you picked. Who are you picking? Oh, who am I picking? I'm picking you. <laughs> I mean, is that a joke? <laughs> all right. Yeah. And who do you have for the biggest blowout this week? Oh, uh, this is a bad week for that, right? Well, not really. Oh, it's not. It- it's Nick versus Dustin. Kurt versus Dustin, you mean? It's really just whoever versus Dustin. Do we have, let's see, do we have any tiebreakers in here? I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. I, I don't think there's any way it's not going to be Kurt versus Dustin. All right. Well, sir, I think that takes us to the end of this week's podcast. It was a, I want to say, somewhat more reasonable time frame. I think we talked for probably an hour. Nice. You got any I'll closing take... thoughts? for? This? Uh, closing thoughts for this week. Ohio State football is back. B B B A. You know what that means? Indiana Indiana's uh, football team is technically back in the sense that they will be playing on a field. Will they be anything above like a seven or eight seed in in the Big Ten? No, no, definitely not. Let's let's cut this. Let's cut. You want to take us out of here? Look, I think I think that we should end this week with a parable, and that parable is is don't put your moral family.